Welcome to Lester the Nightfly. This is your host, PJ Ewing. We have part three of our interviews with Jim Page. So if you were able to listen to the other two episodes, fantastic. You don't have to, to jump in. This is a very notable songwriter, singer. He's from Seattle. He's had a huge career in terms of building records and telling stories and having adventures. And we hear some of those adventures and a lot about his songs and songwriting here in this final of three episodes. What you want to do is you want to go by The Time Is Now on Bandcamp. That's Jim's new record. It's a great way to support all artists, including Jim, and uh, I'm sure he would be very appreciative. It's a really, really good record. So let's get to my interview with Jim Page, the last part of my interview with Jim Page, here on Lester the Nightfly. One more thing, I want to thank Tekla for putting Jim and me together. She's out there working on artists' behalf, and she has assembled this matchup, this pairing, to make this interview even possible. You got eyes to see, you got ears to hear, and you know very well what's been happening here. Don't make light of the people's tears. Stand up and face your fears. Now is the time. The time is now. This is brand new music for you. Although, mm-hmm. tell me this: When did you really write all that? It was it written in 2021. This for the new record, or well, a lot of it was. Yeah. And then, okay, like the song you just played. Now is the time. It was originally called "The Time Is Now," and it now has two titles. I wrote it back in '76, maybe, but it was different. It was different. It had no bridge. And the only verses that I kept were the the first and second, and the whole song was like that. It was just a bunch of lines that you know you could they it could be a pamphlet. It was basically inspired by a Pete Seeger thing about uh, handing his banjo down to young ones stronger. And I don't remember any more than that, but it was a song that he did about time passing. And I wrote it and I sang it. I even recorded it once, but it, I, it wasn't very good. It wasn't very good. But the idea is good. And I rewrote it a little bit during the Occupy thing, and I added the first bridge. It was a time when the world turned cold. But it wasn't, it still was like, uh, God, it's just, it's, just, it's just a bunch of slogans. And then the summer of George Floyd happened a couple of years ago. And, you know, that just kept going on, and there was a pandemic, and there was a climate change, and there were people on the street every day, and there were all these 
you know, armed vigilantes showing up and stuff. It was just incredible. And that's when the whole song came together. That's when I wrote the other bridge and I wrote the other verses. And then it made sense. And now it makes sense. And that happens sometimes. You get an idea. We all do it. I certainly, I still do it where I shoot my mouth off and try to pretend like I know what I'm talking about when I don't. Because you don't know anything, but you think you should. And maybe you have a good way with language. Maybe you've listened to people that did know what they were talking about. And you borrow some of their phrases and some of their attitudes and their, their stance. And you, you put it together and you, maybe you think that having an attitude is all you need. But it isn't. It isn't. Oh, the fuses were lit such a long ways away. And it's stutter and spark fade and decay now the clocks are on fire at the edge of the day and we turn to each other and say the time is now now is the time the time is now sometimes it happens that you do write something that starts from a good point but can't go very far because you don't know enough and if it really is worth it You'll remember it all your life, and then eventually one of these days, you'll pull it out and you'll finish it. Even if it took 40 years, and that's what that song is. It took 40 plus years. Right. But now is the time. That's amazing. My favorite line in there is, you know, polish the glass, hold it up to the air, look in the reflection, and you'll see yourself there. That's my favorite line. Huh. You don't hear of songs with a history like that assembled over decades every song in the world has a story behind it even if it's a simple even if it's a simple one and every song is a topical song mm. I mean, we got to stop doing this category stuff uh, you know, yeah. people say topical songs and what do you mean topical song you know i love you as a topic mm. i miss you as a topic my heart is broken as i'm gonna get drunk as a topic i'm gonna go drive my car as a topic they're all topics yeah Open the door and stop holding yourself back. Uh, you know, just write it. Lou Reed. Lou Reed said, I love Lou Reed. Lou Reed said, one chord is plenty. Two chords, and you're pushing it. Three chords, and you're into jazz. <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> yeah, I think that's great. You're into jazz, I mean, you don't want to go there. And when you think of it, it's like I have a song called Columbus, which is one chord. It never changes chords. But that's what works, because it's a trance thing, because it's a rap, because you're telling, because you want to set up a vibe, and sometimes too many chords ruins the vibe. It's like you, there are no rules except if it works, do it. celebrate Columbus I will turn the other way No, I will not celebrate Columbus There is no honor on that day On that day when the brave sea captain So they say, set out to prove that the world was round Yeah, but really he was looking out for gold And he would kill for it all I used to do these like workshops, yeah, at a festival. I remember doing a couple of them with like, oh my God, it was like an ass cap guy. I mean, I'm sorry. And you've got these kids and they come up and they're like, 
self-conscious and they really want to do the big right thing and the guy from ASCAP comes out the guy comes out and he wants to talk about verse structure and the payoff and the rhyme scheme and you want to tell him to just shut up because you're making this 17 year old with his cassette tape feel really bad because he has a song on that cassette tape that doesn't do the right thing according to what you just said so I got to the point where I would just say what do you do with John Lee Hooker and he would say what what do you do with John Lee Hooker he never bothered to rhyme anything or change chords world famous everybody knew who John Lee Hooker was so what do you do about that you know so if it works it works and the song will tell you and something inside of your body will light up and you'll know it so just do it sometimes a lot of chords are what you want and sometimes you just want one you know i've got a question for you you almost said the word earlier i think minimalism I think I did say the word. Yeah, I did say you the were, word. It you was were, about... You, yeah, and I was wondering... It's about a song. Are you... What... What? Okay, I don't want to put labels on it, but but what <laughs> do you... Do you listen to folk? Do you listen to rock? You, you, keep, you keep mentioning rap. I mean, what... what I are, listen to everything. I listen... No, I listen to everything. I listen to country. I listen to instrumental. One of my favorite pieces of music is... Uh, uh, Bolero by Ravel, you sure. know, which is a classical piece. It's called a classical piece anyway. I listen to everything, you know, because it's all interesting. Okay, I have a short attention span. I, I'm a, a, a attention deficit sort of guy. I'm I'm scatterbrained, you know. I mean, I am. And one of the things that makes a person stutter is when they think they shouldn't be like that, and they should be like everybody else. And so, yeah, you need to get a rhythm thing to stop starting, but you also need to let yourself say what you really have in your head to say, which sometimes is like, you know, saying marbles and fried eggs are what I want for breakfast. Maybe that's what you want to say, marbles and fried eggs. Mm. But you think you shouldn't because that doesn't make sense. And so you start to stutter because people are looking at you and you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like that. And, and, and so I get bored with the song that I just wrote. I want to write something different. Or maybe I'll write three that are like, and then the same train. Then I'll want to do something different. Then I'll want to do a, a minor key angry thing. And then I'll want to do this. And then I'll want to... I wrote a song about the flying spiders a couple of days ago. <laughs> the Jaro spiders, you know. It doesn't really have a melody, but it's, it's kind of cool. I like it. It's got a chorus and everything. Let's move on to a song that stands apart, uh, I think, in your yeah. collection from what I yeah. have heard. I have heard every piece, of course, that you've written, but I've heard, you know, samples as you've shared them with us. It's called Whose World Is This? Oh, yeah. The album, Whose right. World Is This? 1996. This is really different from the other music that I've right. heard of yours. Let's listen to it right. and then we'll talk about it here on Lester the Nightfly. Relative humanities Everywhere I look I see Someone looking back at me Nation states and borderlines Divided states of mind Politics comes to blows And everybody wants to know Whose world is this? Whose world is this? Whose world is this? 
First world riding high, second world standing by, third world under fire, funny how we all conspire. We don't know cause we can't see how such a way could come to be. Riding on a spinning wheel, soon enough will be revealed. Whose world is this? Whose world is this? love this song whose world is this it's gorgeous it's mm. um magical there's an electric guitar uh mm. bagpipes four mm. winds seven seas w- where did this come from is this an irish influence what, what's going on here well that's uh, that's the pipes that make it i i, I was i i was um i like some of the things that sting did with his chord progressions and his melodies you know uh, he was an in- interesting character and quite disciplined i've always been kind of into invention and stretching myself and i always want i always i always want to do something that's hard for me to do you know i used to do a lot of finger picking and i would like work out these things that were almost impossible to play you know because why bother with something that isn't almost impossible to play so what i wanted to say was something very minimal that's where the minimalism thing came in 
the lyric is minimal. You know, it's about the world, and it's about, it's just, it's, they are referential, the lyrics. They refer to things, so if you listen to it, you can see something you already know. It, there's a, a chord position that gives it that sound. You know, it's B major, but it's played up, up on the whatever that is, seventh fret, and I leave the first two strings open. So you get a, a slight dissonance, which gives it a cool sort of magisterial thing. And I knew that if I changed the chords correctly, it would be full of air. But I had to be precise about it because you can train wreck really easily. So what I did was, before I recorded that version that you've got there, I had to... I don't read music as well as some of my friends, but I, I, I can do a little bit. So I, had, I got some staff paper. And I drew some measures on there, and I, I, I had to count where I wanted those chords to land. Sometimes they land on the and. There are measures of six, measures of two. Hedges said he thought of it as a mark. Okay, whatever works, you know. But it was very precise where those chord changes were. If you played them precisely like that, then it would have no anchor. I didn't want the song to have an anchor. Because the world doesn't. I want it to just be open and be full of air, a pocket full of air, and not have an anchor. And then I wanted it to have these verses. But because I was, you know, slightly, you know, inspired by some of the stuff this thing was doing, I also wanted to be able to sing like that, which, of course, I can't do. So what we did was to tune the guitar down half a step. That brought it down to B flat. Okay, so now I could hit those verses, sort of. But that's what I did there, and I, I just played the instrumental part and then sang over it, if I remember correctly, in the studio. Because it's a very demanding piece to do. I had a band for a while, and we, we played that, and we actually got pretty good at it. You know, there was always a little wreck in there somewhere, but it was a four-piece, you know, with a drummer and a bass player and two guitars. And he, it, if we did that song, we actually, we actually did it pretty well. Yeah. It's a big piece. Do you know the artist Sigur Rós? Yes. I did an interview with a fellow radio guy, musician named Jonathan Ammons uh, the other day. Yeah. And he brought a Sigaros track. And it, yeah. this reminds me of the expansive. They are phenomenally wonderful. Yeah. They are just great. You captured some of that here in, in this piece. It, well, it's, it, it could have. It's a bit, I don't know. I, looking back and you know, hindsight is a, pain in the ass of course but i mean it, it could have been more expansive than it is if i would if i wasn't if it wasn't so insistent on the on that kettle drum thing for instance you can't be expansive and insistent at the same time ah uh, yeah yeah that's that's a quote it needs right to lay out a little bit it needs to be because yeah I, I i really think i'd love that that's the song i'd love to do again someday oh i wanted to say one more thing about that song i wanted to say the pipes in there okay that was tommy cregan who's a friend of mine a really good Irish Piper, Ilan Piper. It was my idea to bring him in and have him play on that, on that break in there. Not thinking, of course. Great things are done by people who aren't thinking. I brought him in, and the pipes are not chromatic. He's got a D set of pipes, which means he can play in D, and he can play in A, which is the fifth, and I think there's another key he can kind of uh, get close in. So the song was in B flat. Oh, God. So we tuned it down. We slowed the tape down. <laughs> That's pretty clever. So that it would... Re-key down to A. 
He's a traditional piper, so he does you know music music which is played over and over and over again, reels and jigs and things played over and over and over again. He's not used to improvising in the way that I wanted him to, because he wanted to know what I wanted him to play. I said, just, just improvise, go for it. And he's like, what should just go? And he made three or four passes, and then he came up with really, really nice stuff with a lot of emotion and stuff in there. And then he left the studio, and we brought it back up to speed, and it just sounded stupid. <laughs> oh, my God. He came out, he did it, and it sounds stupid. So the engineer said, well, let's try this. And he doubled it. And, and the double is, it's off like, not a fifth, but something like that, a third maybe. or something. I can't remember, it might be a fifth off. So that, you know, like a 12 string is like octaves. They're the same note, but an octave apart. So it's an E and an E. This would be an E and a B. And so it's this wonderful sound where it sounds like a cross between the illin pipes and a saxophone. And Tommy had to get used to it. He, it was kind of a shock. <laughs> But he got over it, you know. Well, I was trying to figure out what was going on there. It was, it's hard. I was, I wasn't sure what I was hearing to be truthful. Yeah, I know. It's cool. I think it's very oh, it's, cool. It's, it, well, that's why I brought up Sigarosa. I mean, it's got that, you said majesty. I used the word magical. Yeah, it, right. It's in that right. vein. Have you spent much time in Ireland then? Or? Yeah, I lived there for three oh. years. Yeah. Okay. Do you know the band Solas? S-O-L-A-S? I know of them. I don't know them. I revered them. I knew all the band. I was there in the A in like 79 to 83. I am a big house music fan. Thump, thump, thump house music. And I'm like, it's the same thing. It is house music. It's just with natural instruments, but it's got that kinetic energy, that that motion, that relentlessness right. that I love in in house right. or deep house. So some of the greatest players in the world come from Ireland mm. because they they played in those sessions every week mm. from the time they were a kid. Yeah, you know, in the pubs, and they were, you know, because it's the public house. It's not the bar. It's not the place to get drunk. It's the public house. It's the place where the community meets. Yeah. So the kids go there and the parents go there and they play this music from the time they're like 10 years. You see amazing players. They've learned it. They've internalized it. They've opened it up. You know, to get those songs and open them up is something to see and it's awe-inspiring and you need to just take your hat off and if you're not wearing one, you put it on then you take it off. You know, they're just great. is Walter Tortoise. I was playing band breaks, okay? And I was, you know, and that means when the rock and roll band takes a break, I get up and sing a few songs and pass my hat. And that's how I lived and paid the rent and everything. And sometimes they were great and sometimes they were, they break your heart and sometimes, but I, I had everything from a mountain of money on my hat to an ashtray and a beer pitcher spilled in my hat because they just could, you know, and it, whatever. It, it was the gamut, but it, it was what I did. And there was a break that I was going to play where I had to wait for like 40 minutes. It was downtown, and I didn't want to hang around in the, in, in the bar there, so I went around the corner to a, a place called the Inside Passage. And I, I wasn't drinking in those days, so 
I probably didn't have a beer. I probably just sat there. But here was this guy up at the bar, and he, he was working on his, like, third pitcher of beer, you know, and he had a mountain of empty pull tabs, which is these gambling things. You know, you put your money, put a quarter in and get this thing out and open it up. Mountain of the empties. And he had made a deal with this. He told me this. He made a deal with himself that when he won a dollar, he would cash it in and get four more tickets. He would not stop playing until he actually won. So, you know, he was, and he he was drinking, and he was laughing his ass off. You know, he'd lose, and he'd laugh, and he'd lose, and he'd laugh, and he'd lose, and he'd laugh, and his name name was Walter Tortoise. And um, so I watched him, and I sat there next to him, you know, and he told me all this stuff. Or or he'd also set a limit that he was going to, he was going to lose $20, and then that was it. Now, this was 74, probably. So $20 was a fair chunk of change back then, you know. So uh, he he lost his final one. And right when he lost it, this this girl came up and she bought a beer and she got change. And with the change, she bought a pull tab and opened it up and she hit the jackpot. (laughs) And Walter did like you just did. He laughed and he laughed until he was crying. It was so funny. So... You know, we talked and we told each other about each other, sort of. And he went, he probably went back over to me when I played my break. And then we went up to the pipeline. That's right. Then we went up to the pipeline together, which was where I was going to play my next break. And he, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't talk to him at this point. He was like, you know, because he'd been drinking so much. But he was also, he told me, this isn't in the song, but he was a certified Japanese chef, which is a fairly high skill. So he could, and he was a pool hustler. There was the inside passage where he was drinking, and then we had to go to a pool table because he's bragging about his how he was a school he was a pool hustler shark. So I said, "Okay, you know, I figure this guy's drunk. Okay, come on." So we went around the corner, and, and you know, just that's all in the song. I put the stuff there, racked him up, and he, you know, Walter, I, I, I broke it. I broke the, you know, I broke the rack. I didn't get anything. I broke the rack. And then he got up and he said, he, he was laughing. He said, you want to play me? Me? I said, yeah, I'll play you. You're so good. And he says, okay, well, I'll only, I'll only use one arm. So he put his left arm behind his back and just used the right. And he ran the table. I had to sneak off from that last place because it was going to be, if I went with Walter, I would not have survived. Going to get ugly. And knew it had to be a real person. Well, we, we started in our, our, our first conversation about your observations of the world around you. And of course, I know songwriting is about your puck and you're showing us ourselves and our, with a mirror and, you know, but you really brought to life that character because I, I, nothing that you said surprised me from hearing, hearing the song. You, 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 you grabbed it. A lot of that, those, those events and that, those feelings. This is Walter Tortoise. It's a work from Jim Page. When was this written? How long ago, would you say? Written? I wrote it in Ireland um, when I was over there. So it was in the uh, early 80s. Hmm. From the early 80s. Sometime I just, you know, went, went back into my, I, I, I was reading some uh, Robert Service book at a, at a, a bookstore in Dublin. Hmm. And so that song was written kind of like it was a Robert Service. Love it. In my version, anyway. This is Walter Tortoise here on Lester the Nightfly. Walter Tortoise was a pool player, best I ever seen. He was an eight-ball magician. With his eye on the green, he could make $500. In a one-night score round, there was a lot of empty pockets 
when Walter came to town. He could cue his way from Frisco Bay all the way to Maine. Every side pocket corner town was fodder for his game. He must have come from somewhere, but just swear I never knew. I met him in Seattle on First Avenue. He was two thirds drunk and drinking to make his other third when I sat me down beside him. To hear what could be heard, he was losing to his limit. And his limit, it was clean. Twenty dollars worth of quarters in a gambling machine. And the more he lost, the more he laughed and drained the drafty beers as he fed his final quarter and watched it disappear. And when a girl came up and won it all with just a single try, well, he laughed so hard till his eye began to cry. And he said, these metal bandits ain't my cup of gruel. And I says, what's your real game? And he says, playing pool. Why, only just the other night, he had him on their toes, winning everybody's money up at Smokey Joe's. He said he was a shark of such dangerous degrees. He could hustle up a bundle nearly any place he pleased. He'd won more fortunes in the Rockefeller clan. Not bad, but just an indigent with chalk dust on his hands. Well, I listened to his talking just the way that you would do. Then I said, all right, if you're so good, I'll see you to the queue. He laughed me so hard, I thought he'd surely come to harm. Then he said, all right, I'll play it, but I'll only use one arm. I wrecked him up and broke him, and I even sunk a few until one arm Walter took his stance and loaded up his cue. And with a blinding combination, cleared the table all and over. Then he laughed again and grinned, said, I play better when I'm sober. wandered off, in and out, and squandered through the night, until I got lost, and he got taken off to see the sights, and I wound up in a strange one, with a head to make you wince, but wherever it was, where he was, I ain't never seen him since, yes, Walter was a pool player, everybody knows he could rack a man, attack him, he could sink him with his eyes closed, I may not know much of nothing, I ain't got the cure, but Walter Tortoise was a pool player, I know that for sure. San Francisco that own a house and they're retired professional people and they travel and often when they travel they'll call me up or email me or something and say we're going to be gone for six weeks you want to come down and house sit and I'm just yes and I go down there and house sit I mean this is not a, a rich person's house okay but it's on a hill and you can see the ocean like however many miles away that is and the sun go down there. and I walk out there and you know people's yards they have fences around them they have you know the kind of iron fence that you keep people out from and so i'm just sitting there and i got this guitar riff going and i start singing to it i'll do that sometimes and if i got something that i kind of like i write it down or i remember and that's where the little computer program recording thing comes up for me anyway and i record what i got there and i wanted i wanted something that was not i wanted something that wasn't like obviously built built as a song you know I wanted something that just kind of emerged. So I sang without thinking about it. You know, and you've got the neighborhood. We, live, we all live behind fences. We all lock our doors, blah, blah, blah. You know, 
And then uh, I see my neighbors, they fight all the time, blah, 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 because that's so common. And, you know, and I, do, I don't see them fight all the time, but I know that happens and that just kind of pops up in there. And then I relate it back to me because, you know, I pretend that these things don't happen, that I'm not, you know, angry and all this kind of stuff because, you know, whatever. So we all pretend, so we're pretending. And then, you know, thinking back to being a kid and in, in there, what I was trying to say, actually, the only, only part of the song that I intentionally thought in was where it talks about being a kid when you're younger, you play games that make enemies of our friends. If you're playing a war game, if you're playing whatever, I'm on this side, you're on that side. Okay, that's your best friend, but you're turning him into an enemy in the game. But here we are, we're older and we no longer pretend which means when it's an enemy, it's a real enemy. But we're also playing a sort of a game. It's like it's a big, serious thing, but it's a kind of a... Anyway, that's what that is. And then, yeah, where it says, you and me, babe, we got some fences to mend. We got some roads to travel, so much distance between friends. But if it means that much to you to mean this much to me, then maybe we can make it if we both keep trying to see... Yes, the time is now, but this isn't the only time there is. Yes, I'm a jerk, but this isn't the only person I am. Yes, I just dropped the ball, but that's not the only thing I did. You know what I mean? You can, you can ruin everything by anally focusing on one thing that you did wrong. That's what I wanted to say there at the end. behind fences We all lock our doors Nobody trusts anybody else They don't know what they're trusting them for Everybody's got trouble Bad news on the wire Somebody did something to somebody else Set the whole place on fire Put it down It's only bringing you bad dreams Think about the good dreams You're leaving behind Let it go Try to find a better ride We got a lot to do We don't have a lot of time Hear my neighbors, oh, they fight all the time. They scream and they argue, and they're crossing that line. Overcome tomorrow morning, I know just what I'll see. Walking around like nothing happened, just like you and me. Put it down It's only bringing you bad dreams Think about the good dreams You're leaving behind Let it go Try to find a better rhyme We got a lot to do We don't have a lot of time Thank you. 
play Kind of remind me of myself Back in my childhood days Oh, and the rules that we played by Made enemies of our friends Yeah, we're older now And we no longer pretend Put it down It's only bringing you bad dreams Think about the good dreams You're hoping to find Let it go Try to find a better ride We got a lot to do We don't have a lot of time You and me, babe We got some fences to mend We got some roads to travel So much distance between friends Oh, but if it means that much to you To mean this much to me Then maybe we can make it I know we can make it If we both keep trying To see Put it down Only bringing you bad dreams Think about the good dreams You're hoping to find Let it go I Try to find a better ride We got a lot to do We don't have a lot of time Let it go To find a better ride We got a lot to do We don't have a lot of time I used to live on Whidbey Island which I, Whidbey Island is a, a 40 miles north of Seattle out in the Puget Sound 50 miles long little skinny thing in the middle and then it gets fat on the top and the bottom and I lived on the south end, a uh, little um, outside of a town called Clinton. And I would go to Seattle like every... Actually, I might have written this before when I lived in Greenback. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The point is, I would go to Seattle once a week and, and come back on Sunday. Usually Thursday, I, th- I think. I would get on the bus called the Island Empire Line, and that would go down to the ferry. And we'd get on the ferry. And the ferry at that time was a little thing called the Colshan. And it was a flat top boat that had a little little cubicle in the middle of it that you could get out of your car and you could walk up in there and you could sit down and from it there was a vending machine. Two vending machines, one for cigarettes and the other one for coffee, hot cocoa, and soup. <laughs> had some really good soup in there, I tell you. You know, and I would sit down there and the engine would go you know, something like that. It had a, a rhythm to it. I love it. That <laughs> she rattles and she rumbles as she rolls. Good God, went to the rhythm of the boat that you rode. She rattles and she rumbles as she rolls. Good God, that was the rhythm of the engine. That was the way that it went. And I wrote that song to the rhythm of the engine, right? And the driver of the bus was a guy named Ed Storm. And he lived up in Oak Harbor and he drove down, on, crossed the ferry 
on into Seattle, and then he would go and have lunch with his mother in Bellevue, and he'd come back and drive up the other way. And Ed was 50-something years old, which was old to me at the time, and he smoked camel straights, and he smoked a lot of them, so he didn't have much of a voice, you know. And he'd get on, he had a little microphone up there at the front, and he'd get on the ferry and turn off the engine, and he would say, you have 15 minutes on board. What he says is, you have 15 minutes on board, but he swallowed the end of it. You have 15 minutes on board, like that. And the one time I remember him saying, you know, talking about upstairs in a little cubicle where you could get coffee and hot chocolate and soup. And he laughed when he said soup because it was funny. And finally, when the bus line was shut down, it was shut down for whatever reason, I don't know. It was owned by some guy up in Alaska is what I was told. They shut it down. That was Ed's life. And that was how he got to see his mother once a week. And I always wanted to write a song about him and this. But I never did. Maybe I will someday. I don't know. Ed kidnapped that bus. That's the best way to put it. Because it was stationed up where he lived in Oak Harbor, right? So he just took it and he just, he parked it somewhere in some, some I don't know, garage or some machine shop or in the trees. I don't know. He disappeared with the bus. He did. It was gone for like a week or something. Because it was his bus, it was his, it wasn't, it didn't belong to the company, it belonged to him. You know what I'm saying? I don't know enough to really write this. I may, I, maybe I do. Is there a harmonica, a banjo, a violin? What are the okay, instruments? Okay, I'm playing the guitar your... and I'm singing. And there is a okay. harmonica and there's a fiddle. A fiddle, yeah. not a banjo, no, I, I no, imagine. As a jazz a fiddle banjo. player, okay. a friend of mine named Michael Gray, has got a band called uh, Pearl Django. Okay. And uh, they were the darling of NPR for a while, so you've probably heard them. Or uh, maybe without even knowing. I don't know. They do like uh, yeah. gypsy jazz. They're fabulous. You know, oh, nice. and he's a fabulous player. And Grant huh. plays the harmonica, Grant Dermody, and he's like a blues player. It's cool harmonica. Something happened when they go together. Mm. I, I think mm. of it as, I describe it as a laughing calliope. When they play together, it sounds like laughter. To me, it's like it's it's really cool. Well, I imagined a banjo, so I, right. apparently it, it also echoes some banjo-y right. stuff. Super cool. Let's listen to it again. It's fun to say, so I'm going to say it again. Let's listen to Jim's song, "The Whidbey Island Overwater Transfer Ferry Line." She's coming in, cutting across the sound. And she rattles and she rumbles as she rolls, good God. She's worthy, she ain't never on the ground. She got Pope Putty plugging up the holes, good God. She's a mighty bit unsteady and she coughs when she gets cold. But she's well put together, all the better when she gets old. She runs on bourbon and boiler steam and it suits her just fine. She's the Whitby Island over water transfer ferry line. She gets washed in the water at the cross And she leaps and she lurches as she goes Good God, she got direction, she don't never get lost They blindfold and lead her by the nose Good God, she gets twisted and unruly And they try to calm her down She's a little less than able, but she's the finest ship around She's a mighty bit uncertain, but she's always on time She's the Whitby Island Overwater Transfer Ferry Line All hail the captain at the head For he staggers as he clutches to the rail Good God, he has knotted up the mast to make his bed 
been on every ship that's ever been a stale good guy. He's an old salt hustler and a half back oiler. He's a mighty bit punchy. He's been gassing up the boiler. He got a full head of steam up blowing salt water brine on the Whidbey Island over water transfer ferry line. Tugging and leaning on the line, good God. And she shudders as she bumps up on the logs. And they're twisting and they're tightening on the twine, good God. And the clanging of the chain pins and the banging of the landing. It's a miracle she made it. It's a wonder she's still standing. She could go down like a boulder, but nobody never minds. She's the Whitby Island over water transfer ferry line. Got a full head of steam up blowing salt water brine on the Whitby Island over water transfer ferry line. Jim Hind was a Vietnam veteran, a Navy veteran, who showed up in Seattle uh, way back in uh, 74, I think it was, uh, basically drunk and disorderly, and uh, decided he, he fell in love with the place and decided, okay, I'm going to go off, I'm going to get my life together, and I'm going to come back sober. He had two kids and a dog, and they first met him, he was selling used cars. You know, and one day a family came in, they wanted to buy this particular car, and he said, you don't want that car. I can tell by listening to it, it's going to throw a rod, and it's going to break your heart, and it's going to break your bank. You don't want that car. And they said, thank you very much for saving us. And they left, and the, his boss had watched the whole thing. The boss came out and said, what, what was that all about? And he told him. So he was fired. <laughs> And the one thing that he could do and speak his mind without getting fired was to sing on the street, be a busker. And there's a place in Seattle called the Pike Place Market where you can do that. Well, I mean, you can do it anywhere in Seattle, but, you know, Pike Place Market is kind of known for it. And so he asked me, I remember him asking me, you know, what do I do? How do I do this? Because I was just, this is all I, this was all I did, right? It was play. You know, how do, you, how do I do that? And I said, well, go get yourself a... Go downtown, get yourself a permit, start playing at the market. Because if you do that, you can write a song tonight and play it tomorrow. Okay, and you can learn it on the street, and you'll get better and better and better and better. So he asked his wife, can I do that? And she said, yes. And so they, that's what he did. And there's a line in there about, you know, um, pancakes with water for supper. That's what they fed me when I went over to their house for the first time was pancakes made with water. <laughs> because that was all they had okay so it was yeah that was what it was like two kids pancakes made with water apartment managers so she got a job as the rep for uh, a craftsperson down at the market and he started playing and i watched him play better and better i watched his songs get better and better you know and it got to the point where he had written a body of work but he was a veteran with ptsd so when the Gulf War hit, when the shock and awe thing hit, he went a little bit off the rails. 
you know, he never started drinking again. You know, I know people that did. But he went a little bit off the rails. He went into, like, high alert mode, right? And then I remember the last time I saw him, last time I saw him, the, the, the uh, uh, Winter Soldier was in town. Uh, the the re- resurgence of Winter Soldier, which was started during the Vietnam time, it was, it was returning veterans that were telling their stories of what they actually did and actually saw. And they were basically holding the government accountable, putting the Pentagon on trial. And they were called Winter Soldiers. And here it was, and they were doing the same thing, but it was about Iraq. And that was happening. And he was down with his wife there at the market. And I went up and I told him, you ought to go check it out. There are town hall. Winter Soldiers, you really are. And he said, I'm just beat. I'm beat. I just got it. I just, he's getting tired. He's tired. And then, I don't know, a couple of days later, his daughter called me. And I said, Dad just died. And I you can't be. But, it, you know, we all do. He just fell over. He fell over. You know, no, sorry, he didn't just fall over. He woke up in the morning. Anyway, it was, it, he had, he, anyway, you don't need to know that. But, it, it, you know, he died. And I wanted to write something that, because what he did, what he did was, as a human being in the world with baggage, and he had ma- major baggage, he saved his life. He saved his spirit. He saved his heart. And he did a lot of good in the world by putting those bags, that baggage, into songs and singing it in the street. By seeing what he saw, that war was happening again, and that's what gave him all the trauma. And singing that and putting those, by doing that, he put the kids through school. He paid the rent. I mean, she worked too. They both did. But his job, he treated it like a job. Seven days a week would be down there. Okay? By doing that, he saved his life. He put joy in the world. He put joy around him, and then he died. But he did that. So when you see somebody singing on the street, they're not just useless. You don't know what they are. They're not just, you know what I'm saying? It could be Jim Hind. It could be a veteran doing what they need to do. So that's what that song is, because that was a great thing that he did. And that's a good way to, that's a good way to end this. What a great way to end this. Because you're doing a lot of the same work that Jim Hine did. Well, I don't know. I'm not a veteran, and I don't, you know, let's not, let's, not, let's not do that. But, you know. You're packaging up stories, and you're commemorating and celebrating and reminding us of the world around us and the things that you've observed and that were so important that years later you, you wrote about them. I, that's a beautiful way to end this. Let's listen to Jim's song. Uh, but before we do, I just want to thank you one more time. Jim Page for being here. It's really been a joy to hear your voice and listen to your music and, and get to know you a little bit. So I've been looking forward to this, like I said, for quite some time. So, you know, I love the name of the show, man. Lester, the Nightfly. Now I know what it now means. Now you yeah. know what it means. There was, yeah. a, there was a Stephen King story called <laughs> The Night Flyer about a vampire that flies around in a single engine oh. Cessna. <laughs> it's cool. But anyway. Oh, I'd, love, I'd probably like to read that. I love Stephen King. This has been so great. Let's listen to Jim's song to end our time with Jim Page here on Lester the Nightfly. First time he came to Seattle, he was riding in a boxcar. He was a little bit disheveled, he didn't even have his guitar. Vietnam was in the mirror, he was trying to make it fade. Just another lost soul in life's forlorn parade. Next time he came to town, he was wearing a clean pair of pants. 
He was not alone this time for life had taken quite a chance. He had a wife and family, children one and two. They were gonna make a goal of it, that's what they were gonna do. And the wheel goes round and round. The sun goes up and down. And you'll know when it's time to settle down. So he wore his best dress and he showed it to work on time. And she got the kids to school and they saved up every dime. They had pancakes with water for supper and cigarettes for tea. Life was good, just the way it ought to be. Still there was that edge that just would not blunt His tongue could be erased Whether he wanted it to or not They say the truth will set you free But it'll also get you fired And that's when it got inspired And the wheel goes round and round The sun goes up and down You'll know when it's time to settle down. So he took his guitar and he went downtown. He started to sing. And autumn turned into winter. Winter turned into spring. And his voice got stronger and the songs began to soar. And he found what he was looking for. politics and he sang about love and there was nothing so low down the song good night rise above and he sang to make you laugh and he sang to make you cry and he sang because the song could not tell a lie and the wheel goes round and round the sun goes up and down You'll know when it's time to settle down. Sleeping anymore. And when the streets filled up with people, he was out there too. He did everything he could think of to do. Sometimes he even thought he could stop it with a song. If he could just get everybody to sing along. Yeah, but history is a cannonball that just keeps rolling. And you can't unring that bell when that bell starts tolling. And there's only so much that anyone can take We just didn't know how hard his heart would actually break And the wheel goes round and round The sun goes up and down And you'll know it's time to settle down 
came along waving that dirty boxcar To a wife and a family and a song and a guitar From an anonymous shadow on a downtown street To being somebody that almost anybody would want to meet And somebody said And it's a word to the wise Be the morn if you have to But you better organize Sharpen up your tongue to come out swinging Cause you never know When you might have to start singing And the world goes round and round The sun goes up and down And you'll know when it's time To settle down The world goes round, round. The sun goes up and down, and you'll know when it's time to settle down. has been a PJ DJ production.